Hey Hawkeye fans, Chad Lysticle here, Mark Emmert with the Des Moines Register, and it is bonus podcast time. Boy. Are you excited? Haven't been one of these in a while, have we? What was the last one we did? Spring ball? Did we do one then? I, we did, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in, spring game, that's right. In this very building, I think, didn't we? <laughs> well, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, three weeks till the opener, as of today, Saturday, August 11th. And uh, we've been doing a lot of preseason content uh, at hawkcentral.com, at the register, on our podcast all summer with coaches, Mark. But I would say these past two days maybe were the most two, two most informative days that we could have had in right. terms of kind of predicting the season. That's kind of why I wanted to try to do a live one here to see, or right. you know, a fresh one here to see if we can kind of give our listeners a better grasp of what to expect in 2018. Yeah. Two very jam-packed days. Usually these things are spread, up, spread apart by a week or so, but you get media day and kids day back-to-back for maybe the first time ever. I think it is. Uh, so first time so we just witnessed history. That's exciting. <laughs> but, yeah, we, I mean, we have, did a lot of interviews, and uh, we actually got to see some guys play. And uh, I thought uh, we learned quite a bit. Also, quite a bit we still have yet to learn, obviously. But, uh, right. But some good stuff. What, what uh, stands, stands out to you? Well, what I thought would probably be the most clean format would be to maybe go position by position. Starting with tight ends. <laughs> Long snapper. <laughs> um, and uh, just kind of fold together what we learned on media day and what we learned on kids day, yeah. and we can kind of vacillate back good and call. forth. And then we do have some a few Twitter questions as well, and I'm some sure good we'll ones. kind of break off on some tangents at some point. So uh, let's see. Where should we start? Want to start offense? Yeah, let's so start you, offense. That's kind of what you've been writing. Yeah, and that's always got more intrigue, I suppose. Um, I, mean, I say let's uh, – I guess we might as well just go with the quarterbacks yeah. out of the gate. Full disclosure, we didn't talk to Nate Stanley either yesterday or today. <laughs> Starting quarterback, and <laughs> we kind of felt like we already had enough from him. <laughs> yeah, so uh, – There's no mystery there. He's going to be the guy. Exactly. And he, and he looks pretty good. Yeah, and Brian Ferentz, uh, when I talked to him yesterday, uh, the offensive coordinator – kind of joked about that there is no competition this year right. there's no on the one line clear cut yeah uh and yes i, I none of us talk, neither of us talked to nate stanley uh that was pretty funny i realized that after we were done with uh, yeah two and a half hours of media day he's only the starting quarterback no big yeah. deal we'll, we'll we've talked to him much this summer and we'll get to him again at some point yeah we got him a lot in chicago yeah uh, you talked you did that great feature on him last month yeah so the uh, intrigue now is on the two line yes yeah. uh what'd you find out from brian about that yeah that uh the competition there is um, dead heat, yeah, uh, which kind of surprised me actually. Really? Yeah, Peyton Manzel and Spencer Petrus uh, competing there, and um, I didn't think on Kids Day today, I didn't. Not one stood out to me no. or the other at all. No. Yeah. Um, no, but last year I thought Stanley um, outplayed Uyghurs mm-hmm. on Kids Day, mm-hmm. and that was notable. But today I, I saw no difference. I don't know about you. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I, I you're right. I nothing. By either player really stands out as a great play. I thought Petrus did have a couple nice passes deep that were not completions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, he's a nice arm. He does. Um, but yeah, you're right. There was no clear, you know, winner or one guy better than the other. I mean, and they are playing with the same teammates. They basically were sharing the time with the two. So it wasn't like one had a better set of receivers than the other. They were kind of behind the same line. Now I will say this: that that second string offensive line didn't do him a lot of favors either that, that was a that was a pretty tough group but uh mm-hmm. yeah you're right i think for right now I, I mean i don't know how they how would they just decide i guess mansell's been here longer maybe they would give a nod to him if they had to right now or yeah that was see that was interesting and in what uh, i will be writing about this this week because um, i had a great conversation with peyton mansell actually first time we've gotten to talk to him yeah so, he said he's really uh, yeah really nice guy yeah and funny so that'll be um, that'll be fun to write but as far as the position group goes um when I talked to Brian Ferentz about it, um, he had a great answer, and it was exactly how I would approach it, too. He said, right now they don't feel the same urgency to decide. Sure. They, they do feel like they need to make a decision because yeah. they, they need to know who's going in if Stanley goes down. Exactly, yeah. Um, so they can't just let it go. Right. Uh, but with the new redshirt rule, he was one of the first things he said was, you know, even if Petrus wins that job, we've got the yeah. four-game redshirt rule to consider as well. Yeah, and we don't have to worry about maybe burning his red shirt, or if it's a you know, if it's a tie, 
You know, we can still play him. You know, two yeah. two snaps, but not too many. You know? Do you think they'll we'll see them both this year at some point? Then is that I, how I you think read that? so. I mean, yeah. I think so. Unless unless um, the other thing he did say though is if if it's a clear yeah separation, they want to get him mm-hmm. on the field as much as possible. Okay. So okay. Um, but he did, and then he he did go on to say regarding Stanley, they would have done that differently. Stanley ended up playing in seven games, I think. Um, yeah, as a freshman, but only one of them that he actually needed to play. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. he said they would have handled that differently. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he well, would love to be having him as a registered sophomore right well, now. What did uh, Ken O'Keefe say about the the backup? Yeah. He well, the the thing I guess that would be encouraging to you guys on this would be that um, he thinks he there has been a, a a much bigger jump than he maybe even anticipated from spring ball. Like in spring ball for both guys, I, I thought Manziel looked pretty decent in spring to me. Mm-hmm. He can um, run a little bit. Petrus definitely looked lost out there, mm-hmm. which you would expect. Yeah. I mean, the guy was supposed to be in high school, but he came here early mm-hmm. um, to enroll. So, but he he liked the progress that they both made. Yeah. So that's encouraging. But they, yeah. But Brian Ferentz definitely was cracking jokes about yeah, they don't really want to get to that point. No, so, yeah, that, I mean, that if they would lose be Stanley, uh, that's worst case scenario. Obviously, yeah. yeah. But so, I will say this: Petrus did not look lost today. I thought he actually no. looked looked fine. I mean, he was you know in command. I mean, the, the one thing I noticed is that none of the quarterbacks threw a pick. Ah, good point. There I, were a couple. I put that in my story. There were a couple that were close. <laughs> that Gino, Gino Stone. Yeah. Gino Stone had his hands on a couple, but uh, but no, for the most part, they weren't forcing things. And of course, they weren't, you know, throwing the ball over the field either. That running game looked really good today, but uh, yeah, they both looked like they could potentially get to the point where they could be serviceable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna, that, I mean, is I that think, high praise? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 appropriate praise. Serviceable. Yeah, which uh, is all they need right now. Yeah, so we won't. You know, we you guys probably won't see them really from here on out unless Stanley yeah. gets hurt. So, right. yeah. Um, so or, it was nice to get a look at them today. Yep. Um, so you mentioned the running game. Let's go there next. Yeah. Because this is where that was interesting. This is to me where I've uh, I ended up writing most of my column on this. Yeah. Um, the running backs. Uh, I I really like what I see at running back. Yeah. How about you? I, yeah, I agree. I was really impressed with uh, Mikai Sargent. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, looked really good. Pow- powerful kid. Yes. And, and maybe uh, got some wheels a little bit. Very short. There's no way he's 5'10", but uh, I guess that's that can work for you too at that position. And uh, and Ivory Kelly Martin getting the kind of the bulk of the load of the ones, like much more so than Torin Young, which he maybe have been on a pitch count or something that we don't know about. But yeah, I was uh, a little surprised by the split there. It was more like 80-20 in favor of uh, IKM over Torrin Young today in terms of the workload. It seemed mm-hmm. like maybe 70-30. But uh, the one thing I will say is that uh, all those guys had some nice moments of receiving the ball out of the backfield. Yes. And they, they threw the, to the running backs a lot today. Uh, in fact, the very first pass from <laughs> the very first play from scrimmage on the 11-on-11 was a pass to Brady Ross. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say that we may have a dark horse Heisman candidate there at fullback for the uh, – for the Hawkeyes this year, but and he got 13 yards, so good for him. Yeah, it was a nice play. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. I, no, so, I what do you think too. about the, the sergeant uh, and ICAM in particular? Like Torn Young looked like we've always seen. Like there was nothing. He really had to me doesn't yeah. much to prove. I mean, he's a quality player, bruiser, uh, smart kid. You know, yeah. a really good leader there. But the other two guys to me really stood out today in in a positive way. Yes, uh, totally agree. I, my, uh, Kirk Ferris didn't really expand on that. I don't think he understood the question afterwards about why IKM had so many carries. Yeah. Um, yes. But uh, my impression is that, you know, we didn't see a ton of Wadley carries last year. I still think they think sure. that Torn Young is probably their lead back at this point. Yeah. Um, and no reason to believe he wouldn't be, I guess. But I think, well, I mean, they have a. A variety of options they've, now. They've got three good options there yes. is what I came with. They've got three guys that could play, uh, and they each have slightly different skill sets, but not that much. I mean, Icam was better up the middle than I thought he would be. I thought of him more as a mm-hmm. kind of a scat back around the end receiving. They did, they did slot him out a couple times. I saw that as a receiver. But um, he actually has some power up the middle, too. He's a little uh, maybe more than he gets credit for. Yeah, let me. Uh, I don't want to read my whole column to you guys. Yes, you do. <laughs> I, well, you're right. You got me. I do want to, but I would like you to click on it. Um, but, uh, but let me read you. Uh, I, I included three quotes from Brian Ferentz on the three running backs. Oh, cool. And I think that these, it's kind of his impressions of them. And this is before we saw them at Kids Day. So mm-hmm. Torn Young, oh, it was actually the last guy he talked about, but uh, the first guy I mentioned in the story. He says, he may not be spectacular in any regard, but he's very solid. Mm-hmm. And he's probably the most trustworthy guy on the team. Oh, there you go. So 
Uh, yeah, they, he said that goes a long way as a, as a character guy, absolutely. In terms of playing yeah. time. And yeah. I can see why after talking to him, he's very impressive. Yeah, he's on the, lead, the only sophomore in the leadership yeah. group. Yeah. Um, so 5'11", 221, he's obviously the banger mm-hmm. of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I put in my story, you know, the presumed workhorse, but we'll see. Yep. Uh, on Ivory Kelly Martin, to me, this was the most eye-opening quote of the three. Uh, this from Brian Ferentz. He's bigger than you think. He mm-hmm. runs bigger than you think. Ah. Does a nice job between the tackles. Does a nice job in space, and is probably our fastest back in the open field. Yeah, I can uh, definitely me, believe that. Yeah, <laughs> that that was a that was bigger very compliment. They got him at two hundred. So, are you saying he's bigger than two hundred, or just maybe? He says, I think he's saying he runs bigger yeah, than okay. that. Than he looks, and yeah. I agree. He looked good between the tackles. Yeah, we just talked about that. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I yeah, because uh, last year we didn't see that very much. Of course, we didn't see much of either one of those guys except for mop up duty, but. Well, he averaged uh, nine yards a carry last year. Yeah, uh, limited duty, but right. still, right? Um, showed a burst, and then mm-hmm. of Makai Sargent, uh, he's uh, Brian Ferentz says he's not a tall guy, but he's a big guy. Okay, <laughs> well, he's he's definitely not a tall guy, <laughs> <laughs> and he runs with very good balance, and he runs with power in everything he does. Yeah, so interesting. Uh, I thought he looked fast. He did, and, and they, remember, I don't remember that, that deep ball they threw him down the, down the far sideline. From Manziel. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty, I mean, for a running back to go down and get, that was a probably 30-yard gain. Yeah, I put yeah. 25 in my story. It might have been the longest yeah. pass play of the day. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, he, he can catch the ball. We saw that in the uh, uh, the TV show, too, right, that he can catch the ball yeah. a little bit at Iowa yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, last chance you. <laughs> season right. three, yep. tune in. Um, <laughs> season uh, Episode one. So uh, actually, the so Makai became kind of a post game topic with Kirk Ferentz yes. as well. And uh, what I found most interesting, Mark, is, and that's why this is why I think he is absolutely in the plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he's been be. spending a lot of time with Coach Derek Foster, the running mm-hmm. backs coach. Uh, you know, basically trying to learn as much as he can, and of course that's right. going over very well with Kirk Ferentz to see sure. a guy you know right. engaged in meetings, all that. And, uh, Kurt, you know, his Ferentz's quote on that was, the last three or four days we've really started to see, to see him build momentum. He was okay early, but when you're not sure what you're doing, you're not as decisive as a player. The last two days we've seen him hit it pretty good. Mm. Yeah, on media day, Kirk Ferentz referenced that he that Makai had our big day in practice that yes, day. right, right. So that's two in a row now. Yep. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he makes, you know, he has – some big games this year, maybe as the lead back. I mean, Absolutely. they could rotate. Could he become the number one option? He could. Yeah. He could. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because, uh, again, we talked about interceptions, but there were no fumbles today. There none of those guys got the ball on the ground, mm-hmm. which I'm sure uh, makes the coach very happy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I think I never really saw him in terms of learning the playbook. I never really saw him, like, noticeably out of place or out of position or, like, he didn't know what right. he was doing. He looked like he knew the plays and was hitting the holes pretty hard. Yeah, he was um, definitely trying hard today, yeah. and that's a good to see, too. Yeah, so uh, maybe he's a little farther ahead of the playbook than, than they think, too. It looks yeah. to me like he's got a good grasp. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one other running back we will talk about later in this podcast uh, because it's one of our Twitter questions, a guy that's not on the fall camp roster, which opened my eyes. Yes. Uh, so let's go to uh, – That's a I great guess, tease. Yeah, let's go to the wide receiver group because uh, oh. uh, I'm sticking with the playmakers here. Uh, <laughs> we'll save the best for last, of course. Not a lot of plays being made today out of that group, but no, and yeah. that's that, that's why the focus of my column was on the running back. Yeah, yeah, I did see playmakers there. Yep. Um, what do you, what have you you talked to Kelton Copeland a lot yesterday? I did. Actually, yes, yeah. you were on wide receiver duty, so I'm I'll let you kind of ramble yeah. here about uh, yeah. Hawkeye receivers. Well, uh, obviously he's there. There is, does seem to be a clear top four, um, and that's the guys you would expect. Obviously, Nick Easley is going to be. I would assume the leading receiver on this team in terms of number of catches this year. I mean, he's the one guy that's proven, you know, that he can do it at this level. He's the leader of that group. We saw him a little bit today, caught a couple, mm-hmm. not a lot. Uh, then it's Amir Smith-Marset, of course, who is the fastest guy on the team by you, anybody you ask, including him. <laughs> <laughs> what, was yeah. the, what was the best you talked to? What was the best quote? So he, I asked him because, if, because, you know, he and Wadley are friends from the same hometown in New Jersey. I said, are you faster than Wadley? And he said, oh, yeah, by far. <laughs> I said, I've got jets for days. <laughs> jets for days. Yeah, he's, love uh, he loves the word jets. Uh, and I asked him if he's been timed, and he said, no, I haven't been timed, but I'm fast. <laughs> but uh, So he's a really uh, 
fun kid to talk to. Everybody says he's the he's the kind of the clown of the group that keeps things light and is a really good jokester. They love his personality. I mean, yeah. they, they say he's never had a down day. He did okay today. He she showed some things. I liked him. Yeah. Uh, he actually stood out to me more than I, any receiver. I agree. Yeah, uh, and uh, and that is incredible. They, they did run the end around to him once. I've tried it. Yeah, didn't that work. That was on the first drive. Yeah, yeah. but uh, the defense did a good job with that play. Yeah, uh, Brandon Smith uh, no really today, right? didn't do much of anything today, and, and he's a guy that they're they, he's he's right now listed as a starter. Although he told me there are no starters, he was very very low key and quiet when I talked to him yesterday. Didn't want to talk about himself at all. Just wanted to talk about the group. Um, we heard earlier this summer that he had some confidence issues last year. Uh, he did not agree with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he Good said, to know. you know, his confidence is fine. It's because it's all because he's been putting the hours of training. So he feels comfortable with the amount of work he's putting in. So, but so at some point it's got to show up on the field and it has not yet. Didn't last year, certainly didn't today. And this is one practice out of, you know, 25 or whatever. So yeah. maybe it's not worth talking that much about, but he's the guy that I think they really need to take that next step. He's got like the ideal body type for a wide receiver yeah. i mean he just he's, he's strong i look at his biceps the other day my goodness the guy is built strong <laughs> he's a high jumper um you know he certainly you would think get good leverage on cornerbacks big hands league, big hands yeah so now he's just got to prove it gronaweg would be the fourth guy kyle gronaweg the the transfer from from sioux falls um and he he's gonna be the we found out today he's probably going to be the punt returner. Yeah, that was big news. That was. I yeah. thought. They, they like him there. Uh, he's done that, done that before at his previous stops and done it very well. In fact, I think he was like an All-American all returner in that at the level, at the FCS level. or whatever Division they were. two, right? Division two, sorry. Yeah. Um, but he, again, didn't see a lot out of him today. I mean, we really no, didn't I see didn't. a lot of the wide receivers. Like, to me, they didn't really attack the the perimeter much. It was pretty much because the, the running game was working so well. They just, it was a lot of stuff up the middle, tight ends, running backs. Yeah. Every once in a while, they'd mix in a wide receiver throw, and they didn't have a lot of success when they did. And right. it's hard to say if that's the quarterback's fault, if that's the wide receiver's fault, if that's just a really good play by the defensive secondary, uh, which you know is a pretty good unit. But uh, he's another guy that I'm still intrigued by. It was the first time we actually got to see him, though, because every time in the spring we had a chance to yeah. see him, he was out with like a minor injury or whatever. Although he told me yesterday he is 100% now, feels good. Um, nice kid, had a nice talk with him, nice long talk. I think they they think he's going to be a factor, obviously, and I think he will be at some point. Uh, the, the thing they, they like about him is his versatility. He's not just a slot guy. He's not just an outside guy. Hmm. He can do mm -hmm. he can pretty much go anywhere. Obviously, he can play in the return game. So they like the stuff that he can bring them that maybe not everybody else can do. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of him this year. Um, you know how, how effective? That's going to be a great question. But he is an experienced guy, so they like that. Beyond that. I mean, well, you you made a comment before the game or before the scrimmage when they were doing the drills. Yeah, just how many wide receivers were out there. There were, and there and, was a ton of them, and how few of them did anything impactful. Right. I mean, I think uh, Ragani had one catch. Yeah, Nico Ragani kind of. I heard his name a lot. Yeah, he's gonna. He's definitely gonna be a special teams guy. I know Lavar Woods likes him. They talked about okay. him. Okay, that's good to know. Um, you know. I, I, I was hoping for more from Tyrone Tracy. I didn't yeah, he barely didn't, got on the didn't, field today. Didn't see much at all out of him. Uh, Daphne again was out there quite a bit. I don't know if they even threw the ball to him, but he was <laughs> running with the twos. I mean, he was—he's an experienced guy. Devonta Young apparently was out with an injury. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I saw another him. Another guy that's kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Um, and then you know Cooper didn't uh, even Farron said Cooper didn't have his best game today. Yeah. Or practice today, but he has been looked better earlier, and, and yeah. he likes the way he's practicing. So he's a guy maybe to keep an eye on. We got to talk about the four straight drops and drills. Yeah, I know. Wasn't that unbelievable? <laughs> I mean, they're basically simple passes, right? From a quarterback, like nobody's covering them. It's just yeah. a drill, yeah. and then there were four straight incompletions. Four straight drops. <laughs> <laughs> Dominique so Daphne that, broke the streak. That was yeah, yeah. yeah. The clutch, the the veteran. Um, but yeah, that 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 may be a little concerning. And there was one one freshman that took a. I don't want to embarrass oh. him here. Yeah, who was? I can't remember who that was, but yeah, he just fell yeah. on his face, just running around in, in a prat, not even against defense. Just in so it's it, it happens. Emblematic, I guess. What I'm yeah. saying is emblematic. It's still this, a work in progress. Has a ways to go. Yeah, but, they did not. Um, I will have to say this: they did not show much today as a unit. No, I let the Marset thing. To me, Marset yeah, yeah. showed some things, and I think he's going to be a very good player. Yeah, and but uh, they, they're going to need. So I'm, I'm I think going, they need at least four good options there. They, yeah, they, they don't need to go much deeper than that. I don't think. No, and I, but, but they do need that at least. Yeah, they need at least they need at least three, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, they've got the tight ends covered. Obviously. Yeah, they do. And, we'll get to uh, that. and running backs look good. So I, I feel good about Easley and Marset, but I'm I'm not gotta stretch I'm field. not going to buy it on Brandon Smith. I'm not going to buy it on Tyrone Tracy as much as mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. we've heard about him. 
and you know those other guys we'll see but mm-hmm. there's it's a it's a big group it is um we'll see what happens and i'm not sold on grown away yet as a receiver but i no, do like I what i hear enough of them. return yeah yeah so, i didn't see enough of them today um let's go i guess tight ends wrap you know, oh rapid yeah fire here mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I think that Hawkinson. the tweet of the day for me that had the most engagement was Iowa going to a three tight end set and yep. seven on seven drills. Right, right. Uh, maybe the first time in college football history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I say it's not enough. I, <laughs> George Kittle replied, uh, oh, wanting four. Yeah, yeah so. see, he's, we're on the same wavelength there. Um, um, that, anyway, that is a really uh, impressive group. I, I mean, to me, TJ Hawkinson looks like a just an absolute stud in the in the wake, and and maybe not getting enough recognition because of Noah Fant. No, no, no nobody's fault. Just Fant is a very good player, but Hawkinson in another team would be the clear number one tight end, and yeah. probably I think you've said this too. Probably an All Big Ten caliber guy. Yeah, and maybe he's still maybe they both get there. But I it, think they could. Yeah, he's and he was the guy that got the most snaps again, just like last season. I mean, Fant was kind of in and out. Mm-hmm. They're still doing. I'm still not sure they trust him as a blocker. That's got to be what it is because obviously they can't be anything in the pass game. But even if you notice, they did that first red zone drill. The first two plays, Fant was on the sidelines. Oh, was he? And you would think he's an automatic in the red zone, right? Isn't that where he should be? But yeah. for whatever reason, and then they put him in on third down. Yeah, might have been that same deal as Torn as with Torn Young. Yeah, too. maybe they're just limiting his reps. Yep. Well, not a bad idea because sure. he actually took kind of a big wall up at one point. Yeah, he um, tweeted that. I can't. It was one of the safeties. I can't yeah. remember who. But we saw we saw Sean Byer made a nice catch. Uh, Drew Cook was out there with the twos. Yes, quite a bit. Uh, Nate um, Weeding's getting a lot of yep, love. Yep. Um, Although it's still more of a blocker, probably don't you think? Or yeah, but it was it was interesting. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I had Brian Ferentz duty yesterday, and he is the tight ends coach. Yes. And uh, he had some pretty. He's on uh, Nate Weeding. He was um, pretty bullish. Uh, really? here's, okay. He said, "Here's a guy that's." For the first time in his life, is that a healthy offseason? And I actually talked to Weeding about that later. Um, they like what he can do, vers- you know, versatility-wise. Um, they can line up as a fullback. They can line him up right. as, a, as a third tight end, a second tight end. Right. And you know, they he we obviously didn't see has... the fullback today. Did we? we saw the tight end for sure. Yeah, not much. Yeah. Um, I mean, Weeding as a fullback. Right. No, we didn't see. I don't yeah. think they were going to show too much. Right. But uh, so I, I think that he's your clear number three tight end right now. Yeah. And and Brian Ferentz mentioned Drew Cook ahead of Sean Byer. Now I don't know yeah. if that's the pecking order, but uh, he said um, Cook's a guy right now that could go on the field and play hmm. um, week one. So he's made a lot of wow. progress. That's very impressive. Yeah. He's uh, he's six actually, five two fifty. They listed yeah, that. Yep. And uh, yeah. So I. You know, he, 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 they said he's one of the smartest guys on the team, as you would expect. Sure. Son uh, of a coach. Son <laughs> of a coach and a quarterback, mm-hmm. a former quarterback. So interesting, uh, a yeah. good deep group. And I don't. I think that's basically it because Nate, yeah. Nate Vegvoda, I don't think, is he's, even a tight end anymore. He's now a long snapper, yeah. yeah. Um, there was snapper. actually, I was a little embarrassed considering how much I paid attention to tight ends. There was a guy out there that I didn't even, I didn't even recognize the name, but number 46, Tommy Kujawa. Oh, yeah. They threw, uh, they threw the ball to him the once. nephew of Paul Cuyava, I think. Cuyava? Yeah. Former Out of Greendale, Wisconsin. Yeah, yep. That's so the one. <laughs> let's, let's go with six tight ends then. <laughs> it's available. <laughs> uh, so you guys know they're, they're good at tight end. Um, I didn't really uh, – I guess uh, the only other thing I would mention about that is I had a really good conversation with Brian Ferentz about, you know, just the way they use those guys again and just uh, kind of complimenting – um, are building off the fact that um, they know they got good tight ends. Now they need to have five skill guys that can be threats on the field and not just those two. Right. So that's why it was so important for me to see the running backs do what they did today. Right, and, yeah. And, that, that was and the, the receivers need the to join them. So. No question. Yep. Uh, offensive line. Oof. Uh, this is uh, something we talked about on the radio show this past week, yep. the suspensions. We wondered kind of what the that, plan would be. That both those tackles did run, run with the first unit all day, even though they're not going to be there for the first game. Yes. Unlike defensive tackle where they did make a switch. So yes. uh, they must yes. not really have anybody yet that they're too excited about. The, the no, I don't tackles. think they do. And certainly based on what we saw, they shouldn't be excited about them. They did not <laughs> perform well, that second offensive line. But, yeah, right. I thought the first offensive line was really good. Yes, uh, totally agree. Yeah. Uh, so that's encouraging. I mean, Alar yeah. Jackson and Tristan Wirfs, you know, spent the whole day with the ones. I, mean, yep. they, they, I don't even think they came off really. No, and the guard. I thought the guards played well too. Yeah, Stanley was hardly touched, which they, is they a were huge. opening up big holes for those running backs mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, that that actually, uh, I think I put this in my 10 thoughts column afterwards too, that uh, one thing that Brian Ferentz said the other day was uh, he feels pretty good about the interior of that offensive line, yeah. which I don't know why that caught me off guard, but I'm thinking, well, well, Ross Reynolds has one career start. Right. Keegan Render has never started at, well, one start at center. center. Yep. And you're replacing James Daniels and Sean Welsh in there. Yeah. And Cole Banward has definitely never started, and I don't even know if he's played a meaningful snap. Mm-hmm. Um, but he seemed high on the interior offensive line, so I guess I'll take him as word, and I liked yeah. what I saw today Yeah, they did from those good. three. So yeah. I think that's got to be the three. I mean, I, I would assume so. I mean, unless somehow uh, Levi Paulson works his way back in there. Yeah, yeah. Might be the, might be the wild card there, but that's – I mean, they like to get five guys and just roll with them, right? So um, I think those are a good five. But the only question then becomes that first game. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because <laughs> that's – a huge concern already, and it, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody that watched today's game would have that concern alleviated or today's practice. Would, no. You know, I mean, it might even be exacerbated just by what you I mean, they just didn't seem to have an answer beyond those top two tackles. Yeah. A uh, good answer. Yeah, the only – I mean, we can give you names. We can't right. guarantee production, though. Right. Um, I think yeah. uh, Mark Kellenberger, uh, I yeah. believe, was the only other left tackle that lined up. I mean, right. unless there was a – I think they got down to the three mm-hmm. offensive line very, very late in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's certainly left tackle, I think, yeah. at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't even put Levi Paulson out at right tackle, but they did put Levi Paulson out at right tackle and Dalton Ferguson out at right tackle. Mm-hmm. So to me, it looks like that's kind of where the juggling is. To me, uh, it was good to see Levi Paulson healthy. Yes. Uh, because was if he's healthy, I mean, yep. here's a guy that started the pinstripe bowl. Sure. So I would think he would be the right tackle. I, I would assume for, so for as well. One. Yes. I mean, I just yep. – that just makes too much sense. Yeah. He's healthy. Right. So, um, right. he's and, done it before. Right. And then Kallenberger at left. That's, yeah. they didn't even put anyone else there today. Yeah. So yeah. that leads me to believe that. Okay. I know they have flexibility, but. Yeah. They need to, yeah, they need to get him ready then. Yeah. Yeah. He's a three, tall kid. Big he kid. Is. He's a, obviously a superior athlete. Um, just had some rough moments today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah false start. He had, uh, he there's was, one play where he was supposed to be on the field and he wasn't, they had to yeah. call, call him off the sideline late and it just seemed like he was a little bit, uh, uh, a step behind. Yeah. Uh, Ferentz joked, not joked, <laughs> uh, remarked that, uh, if they were counting, they probably had close to 20 penalties yes. today. And I don't know. I don't think it was that high, but there was a lot of flags. There was a lot of flags yeah. for a scrimmage. Yes. I, I think I made the comment that it was over officiated. <laughs> you did. And that was a correct comment, <laughs> but maybe he asked the officials to like be very picky about that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. for the good of his team, who knows, but it didn't make for great viewing, obviously. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look at the, the, uh, old line names here and, uh, Jeff Jenkins, true freshman, yep. was the number three center. Yep, interesting. Kind of interesting. I guess you got to have a third one. Six four With two Spencer seventy. Williams gone. We thought that would be the yeah. guy, but they've got Levi Dua. Uh, yeah, and I still two. think they could they could slide Banward over. Yeah, that's too, a good point. If they had to. But that's yep. a good point. Yep. So um, let's flip to the defensive line now, because this is also an area of suspension concern. Mm-hmm. Um, Big news, I guess. I don't know. Maybe big news is a stretch, but Sam Brinks gets I thought that the start was, yeah. at left uh, left offensive or left defensive tackle over Cedric Lattimore, um, right. who was suspended week one. So. Right. He was running with the one unit to begin with in all the drills and during the 11 on scrimmage. And uh, Phil Parker told me yesterday that's that's the guy that probably would start if the game was this week uh, over over Chauncey Golson, who actually played some end today. Yeah, I yeah. got I got more to say on that. Go yeah. ahead. Interesting. Because so apparently Brinks is a full time tackle now. They're working a lot more there, uh, and they like the flexibility that gives them. And and uh, he's a good player. I mean, he I, he's a fifth year senior, so that's that's a reliable option. He's not gonna mm-hmm. probably not gonna make any stupid mistakes. Um, so that's uh, interesting that they're gonna start him at least. And I wonder if he does really well in week one. I mean, maybe he gets the job all year. I mean. I thought Lattimore looked pretty good. Today. He did. He did. Yeah. Uh, but that's. I think there's maybe there's a competition there. I don't know. Yeah. Well. There's yeah. certainly a rotation. I mean, yeah. that, that would be your top and, uh, three. And Brady Reef actually. Brady Reef had the Reef. best day of any defensive yeah. line. So many defensive yeah. tackle. I mean, he, he <laughs> felt like he was in the backfield every time. Yeah. Now, of course, he was going against the twos a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he could have had six or eight. I mean, they didn't keep track of sacks, which is one of the issues with the scrimmage. <laughs> is why the, right. the offense kind of was ahead of the defense, I think, is because the defense had to be a little bit more cautious around the quarterback. But, yeah, he was in there all the time batting down passes. And he, he looked really good today. He's got a, he's got a nice motor. Uh, but he's not going to be there for week one. So right. I think then it becomes Matt Nelson, 
Sam Branks, and I still assume they're going to keep Golston inside. I, don't, I mean, if they don't, who else are they going to put in there? Uh, um, week one? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, the, the next guy uh, in was a true freshman. I think that might be the guy. You think so? Yeah. Wow. Uh, true freshman defense. How often does that happen here? Uh, well, Lattimore played as a true freshman. Lattimore played as a true freshman two okay. years ago. Okay. Um, Not a lot of snaps, though. We're talking about Tyler Linderbaum here. Yes, I'm sorry. I haven't mentioned his name yet. Kid from Stolen. Kid, kid was playing high school baseball like a month ago. Yep. In the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 3A playoffs or 3A playoffs. And uh, so he hasn't been able to be full-time football all summer. Suddenly he comes in in the eighth practice of the year, and he's, he is your next defensive tackle in. He was like the fifth guy mm-hmm. used. Got a lot of time with both the twos and the ones. Yeah. Really yeah. surprised to see that. And he looked good. I mean, he, he did. Yeah. And he Didn't, held his own. He held his own. That was a good yeah. way to put it. I yeah. mean, I I mean, I didn't notice any drop-off in the performance of the whole defensive line as a whole because yeah. he was in there. And, and Ferentz had high praise for him afterwards. I mean, mm-hmm. more than maybe just about anybody else he talked about today was that yeah. Linderbaum story about how he's, he spent right. the summer here uh, taking a class, he, and he was at every 6 a.m. workout even though he was still playing baseball. So he said, you know, kid put a lot of miles on his car because he had to, like, stay on campus to take class, and then he was also driving around playing baseball. Uh, so they were very impressed that he didn't make that commitment. And uh, it's paying off. I mean, he, he looked good. And uh, I guess if I had to say, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe that's they're going to move Golson back outside because Linderbaum is pushing that, which would be very interesting. So I talked to Chauncey Golston yesterday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by the way, Sam Brink, 6'5", 275. Tyler Linderbaum is 6'2", six, 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 two, 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 270. That's about Brady Reef size, yeah. right? So yeah. that he's not too far off there. Right. This is a U.S. Army All-American. Uh, last last one of those was that's, that's Tristan Wirfs and AJ Epinesa, I'm, right? So yeah, he was a big time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. that was. I think yeah. people forget that, that he might have been. I, most... I certainly had. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, <laughs> who's sixty five and why is he out there with the second string? Like this is unbelievable. But that, but he, he, I mean, good for him. That's a that's a heck of a statement for that that young man. But anyway, mm-hmm. Chauncey Golson. Uh, yeah, I kind of said, hey, our, you know, on the depth chart, your next man in behind Lattimore because that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, those guys were high school teammates. Interesting backstory. Yeah. There, I'll be writing about it at some point. Nice. Um, but uh, he kind of said, "Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I do both, but I think he's more. He's, he's, he's doing a lot more out on the edge. Wow. So I think uh, I think he's the f- number four defensive end, basically where Brinks was. Yeah, I think it, to me. I mean, I, Reese Morgan, when I talked to him yesterday, said those they're both flex guys. He's, yes. He counts them both as flex, as yep. flex guys, but I don't think. I think the predicament they're in for week one is I don't think they can really flex them, right? Because mm-hmm. you got to have Brinks in there now. I've, yeah, for know, sure. For sure. And, and, and I don't know if they have a fourth. They don't have a fourth end right now. I mean, so that would be Golston at this point, I think. Yeah. Um, Brandon Simon, got, maybe. Yeah, you've, Simon actually looked good he did uh, look as good. a side note. Yep. Um, yep. And you do, yeah. have, you do have Garrett Jansen in there. Yeah, he played quite a bit. He, he's, um, he's, he, he got he, some snaps last yeah, year. He gets the job done. Um, but I think if you, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of of Matt Nelson and Sam Brinks in that first game. Uh, and you the, think then Linder, Linderbaum is the main backup? Maybe but? Linderbaum and Jansen. I mean, that's okay. just my read on it now. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then the Golston back outside. Yeah, and that would be eight. That's yeah, eight right there. That is. So if uh, and then and then the other thing is um, on third downs, I think you'll see. Yeah, Hesse moves inside. inside. Yep. So you're gonna you're gonna like save some, you're gonna save some defensive tackle snaps there. Yeah. Right, in so, passing situations, yeah. Yes. And then they get Epinesa in. Yes. Uh, and Golson a little bit. I don't bit think we've even mentioned too. A.J. Epinesa yet today. Yeah, he, uh, he, yeah, he was there. <laughs> you talked. That was, your, that was kind of your uh, big I talked to him a lot story. yesterday, yes. And I what was were your impressions? Very impressed. Uh, and I talked about this with our old colleague, Rick Brown, former colleague, not old. <laughs> Are you listening, Rick? <laughs> Sorry, Rick. Sorry. Um, uh, but who's, who's seen a lot of football here and, and talked to a lot of players, obviously, over the years, and he said – he too was came away with the same takeaway I did, which is this kid refused to talk about himself. It wasn't like, you know, accidental. Like he clearly came into this media day saying, you know what, I'm not going to talk about all the hype around me. I'm not going to talk about me at all. I want, I'm going to talk about my teammates, how much I've learned from the he calls them the older guys, which is Hesse and the two Nelsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he considers them all as like really good friends. He said one of his priorities coming in here was to become really good friends with the defensive line because he feels like you know you need friend, friend you can friends are going to have for life, and uh, he just wants to be. One of the guys, even though he's a five-star recruit, and I, I would say the most hyped recruit since I've 
than yeah. in Iowa. Yeah, yeah probably the Hawkeye football team. <laughs> certainly already the most accomplished five-star recruit. Because right. Yeah. The other ones didn't really pan <laughs> exactly. out. So, so uh, I was just really impressed, I guess, with his whole kind of demeanor. He talked. I talked to him a little bit about his Polynesian heritage, which of course he's very proud of, and rightfully so. And and he's trying to kind of bring a little bit of that to Iowa City and let people know kind of what that's about. You know, he and his father, obviously, who played here, uh, you know, from Samoa. And uh, it was really a, almost like a deep conversation. Like he's a very kind of quiet, uh, a little soft-spoken, and uh, you can tell he's a thinker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so the, the talk wasn't as much about football as I thought it would be. It was more about, you know, kind of his philosophy of life and what he's trying to do here off yeah. the field as well as on the field. And it was yeah. it just was a very a different kind of media day conversation than I maybe ever had. Definitely mm. was not what I was expecting. Like I wasn't yeah. expecting him to be out there and just like talking about himself and being a braggart, but I thought, you know, we could talk some football and mm-hmm. what you like about what you did last year and what, what do you want to get better? And we, there was some of that, but for the most part it was, you know, how, how great his teammates are and how close he feels to them. And he's still got a long ways to go and he's never going to get there is what he says. Yeah. And he, uh, I, I really enjoyed reading your story. Oh, thanks. Uh, that was, uh, that really did open my eyes and he had the biggest, he had the biggest crowd, media yes. crowd of any player yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I agree. I would say even more than Nate Stanley. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> we weren't in that one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I looked over there and <laughs> yeah, no, I know. there were a few. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, mean, I would say he was the most uh, sure the probably the guy that was we would talk to. Him. one, Brian Ferentz two. Yeah, maybe Nate Stanley three. Maybe Noah Fant had a big crowd. I will he say, did. Let's, yes, let's say uh, yep. I would say he might be. I yep. forgot about him. He yep. might have been one. Yep. There were two. One on offense. Yes, but yeah, Epinesa but, yeah, because we far had the most media because we haven't been able to talk to him. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure everybody was like, "Look, hey, let's." And I, I guess uh, I don't. Know, I came away very impressed with him as a person. Yeah. Um, now I will say, Phil Parker is sticking to the line where you know, he's got to get better. Like he, mm-hmm. he still makes too many mistakes. He thinks mm-hmm. he wants to see that kind of straighten out. Now he is going to be a three-down player this year. He said he's definitely going to be in that rotation. But you know, he's not on the starter starting line. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a reason. I mean, they feel like the other two guys are probably a little more reliable right now, and, and they're going to kind of mix him in in certain situations and see what he can do. And we saw what he could do last year. He was actually very, very good last year. I'm sure he'll be – he's put on a little weight. So he'll be, uh, I think, a bigger factor this year than he was last year, but still not going to be, like, All-American. You know, I can't see him coming out there and getting, like, 10 sacks or whatever. I don't think they're going to use him quite that way. It'll be interesting. Yeah, he's he's certainly a fascinating guy to watch this year. Yes. Uh, and we'll definitely get to him. Uh, more and more the the one thing on that point um that we were talking about with rick brown today as well is just um his father epi epinesa the yeah. former hawkeye uh coming out on facebook whenever that was uh, it's been a while oh, right. now um you know basically lashing out at fans in a good way mm-hmm. to say stop you know crying about epinesa being behind hesse on the depth chart he's not ready yet yeah and he knows he not, he's not ready hesse is a pro this yeah. guy's a 34-game starter, and, you know. Yeah, that was uh, very. Really, I mean, talk about uh, a great role model as a parent. I agree. I mean. It's got to be the family kind of credo to behave that way. And, yeah. And I will say this, Epine- uh, A.J. Epinesa said it's an honor to learn from Parker He used the word honor. That's an wow. honor to learn from Parker Hesse. Yeah. So they, uh, cool I mean, kid. that attitude could not be any better. Yeah. Great to hear. Um, I think that's just, that's, that's exactly we want to hear out of sports i mean mm-hmm. i know everybody wants wins and losses but right especially when you're dealing with kind of the suspension stories we've had and departures right. i mean these are the the guys like uh you know aj epinesa torn young or mm-hmm. you know, guys you makai Sargent even recently yep um nate stanley of course guys you really feel good about mm-hmm. um you know sharing their stories so uh let's go to linebacker we we will get to um i know this is already starting to run long but we will get to the suspensions part later in the podcast yes uh, but let's go through linebackers because this was kind of an eye-opening group today yeah uh, no question Imani Jones yeah is, he is was the there. middle linebacker yep. for this team he was uh, out there in just about every uh, alignment yes yep. I noticed he was and you noticed this too uh, that they left him out at middle linebacker and then rotated uh, everybody else rotated yeah. everyone else yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, he's the number one there um, I don't think there's any doubt that Nick Neiman is the number one or number two somewhere or you know, yeah he's in the unit somewhere but that's I, interesting yeah where yeah. are they going to put him um, obviously outside linebacker is kind of his uh, right. heritage <laughs> with Ben Neiman being Iowa's three-year starter there uh, but Ferris didn't seem to rule out the idea of him he's going it, to weak he might side. move inside yeah, yeah. Um, so but I mean, those two is, are clearly he's the bigger than two. Ben right Ferris made it clear. Those are the top two. 
Yes. Uh, Amani so they're, Jones. They're going to start. Uh, Amani Jones is only uh, six feet. 238, so he's kind of a little bowling is, ball in yeah, there. Yeah, he is very thick. Um, whereas Neiman, Nick Neiman is yes. 6'4", 232. 232. Yeah. So more of a lanky. He's your uh, tallest linebacker. Christian Welch, the other one? He was the other one that started, but obviously that's not necessarily in stone uh, and maybe shouldn't be. I mean, there's a big competition there. I think there's, uh, Farron said there's four guys kind of fighting for that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hockaday, and then we saw the other two. The very first series of the 11-on-11 scrimmage, uh, maybe three, four plays in, they took out Neiman and Welch and, and brought in Barrington Wade and, and Jaimon Colbert. Mm-hmm. And those guys played the rest of the way in that series. And, they, and Colbert played a lot today. Uh, now, we found out later that... Uh, that um, Wade's nicked up, right? Yeah, Barrington Wade is... is they say he's going to be fully healthy again Monday. So apparently yeah. that he, was, he was limited today in how much he could do. And so what happened next was probably the most interesting thing of the Drum whole day. Roll, yeah. They put in... With the one unit, when they didn't want to use Wade, Seth Benson, true freshman, <laughs> Sioux Falls, South me. Dakota. And you have an awesome story on this. Six one two zero five, and he played. Because well. I'm like, who's this? And he's number 44. I, I, was, I had forgotten, too, but I, I remember when the Iowa basketball team played up in Sioux Falls last winter against uh, Colorado, uh, Chad Greenway was there. to, to see, I think he did the ceremonial like opening tip or something with, with his family. And we, we interviewed him, and he was talking about this. Seth Benson kid because they know each other. They're both from South Dakota, and he kind of helped him when he was – the kid was trying to make up his mind between uh, Iowa and South Dakota State, which is where, like, all his family went to South Dakota State. Um, and that's obviously the closest school for him, you know, geographically. And uh, so he called on Chad Greenway and tried to kind of pick his brain a little bit about, you know, what should I do. And, and Chad Greenway said – I didn't, like, tell him, like, just go to Iowa. Like, I didn't want to – I'm not going to be that presumptuous, but he gave him some advice, and yeah. the kid committed to Iowa, I think, on December 21st or the 22nd, right before Christmas. Yeah, because that basketball and, game was, like, the 22nd, right? Yeah. It, was, so it, it just might, happened. might right? have been that day, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and here he is, and so – and I kind of had forgotten about him, i got to be honest with you. Uh, oh, Seth Benson too, was yeah. not a name on my radar coming in today, and all of a sudden I look out, and he's running with the ones at linebacker, and he's a true freshman. And, and Ferentz, again – Praised him and said he's probably not going to end up in the two deeps. Obviously, you know, once Wade special gets back. Special teams, though, right? Special teams. And, yeah. and just the fact that he was out there and looked good. Like, he was around the ball. Like, we noticed him quite a bit. Um, yes. Tells me that he could be maybe the next the next big starting linebacker when they need one next year or the year after. Yeah, I mean. He's got to be right up there because he, uh, he was a good-looking player today. And he's obviously a little small. But, um, you know, maybe that, that outside spot. Yeah. Uh, Ferentz had a good quote. I'm trying to call it up here. Um, but uh, the gist of the quote was uh, when they throw these guys in yes. with the ones and twos, they get better a lot. They learn a lot more. more. Quick, yes, yeah. they learn a lot more. So I think that that's a better part flow of it to as the, well. There's a better flow to the practices instead of like out there with all the threes, a bunch of guys mm-hmm. who really are kind of, kind of feeling their way through it. You're out there with guys who actually know what they're doing. Yeah. And yeah, and there were, and there were three. Like there were three true freshmen on defense. Leonard Vaughn, we've already mentioned. Seth Benson. We'll get to one more that that played extensively yeah. on those first and second units today. Yeah. And that's uh, that was telling to me. That, that tells me they got uh, a lot of else? young talent. Yeah, here. Dargan ended up. Dargan Southard, our uh, colleague, who's going to help us out this year on the Hawkeyes. He's going to be kind of our third reporter. Uh, he covered. He does a great job covering Hawkeye baseball for us. Um, he did the linebacker story yesterday. Uh, he talked about what did he talk about today? Like about how they're just trying to get more, uh, just as many reps obviously as they can yeah. to get more confident and decisive with right. their. Which is once, certainly, certainly why Jones played so much today. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got to be the guy that takes charge in there, and I'm sure they want him out there with everybody else, uh, and also in, in every situation. So he's facing you know running plays, passing plays, ever, different formations, and and figuring things out. And I thought uh, he's a very energetic guy. I mean, he was. They were mm-hmm. when the defense got stops. They he, when he was celebrating hard, like like it actually mattered, like it was actually a game. I mean, <laughs> he was out there, and uh, I think people are going to like kind of Definitely. his spirit. Definitely. Um, any other linebackers that stood out? I'm looking at the names here. Um, Dylan Doyle probably got De- the most run of those other guys. Yeah, beyond um, Benson, and, and he was yeah, with the second unit at times. Yep. So uh, we'll get to there's there's one one or two more questions on linebackers. We'll get to in the Twitter questions. Yep. Uh, let's just finish up here with D-backs. Um, I guess we well, we won't forget specialists. Don't worry. Okay. No, no. Uh, but I, defensive I gotcha. backs. Uh, yeah, UT is the freshman. Uh, I will say um, Matt Hankins 
mm. I thought looked okay. I mean, yeah. he was—I wouldn't say he was great. He got beat beat on some throws. Yeah. They weren't tested much either. They weren't tested much. Yeah. Um, Ojemudia is the other uh, one. Hankins did block a field goal. Yeah, that's what stood out to me about him. Yeah, one play um, after getting a roughing call, <laughs> he ran into poor little Keith Duncan. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, he's. So he's clearly he yeah. and Ojemudia were clearly the starters. But to me, the the eye opener there was well, two eye openers, was that Josh Turner was the nickelback. Yep. Uh, very interesting. He's mm-hmm. made a fast rise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he wasn't even on the depth chart at media day, Big Ten media right. day, two weeks ago. Because Rogamba was still there. Rogamba yeah. was still listed. Now Turner's uh, not only on the depth chart, but that nickel guy. But then yeah. the fourth guy I thought was going to be Trey Creamer. It was not. It was. Yeah, Julius Brents. How about that? Like he came in here. I don't know if we knew whether he was a cornerback or a safety when they first. Uh, no, I think he was one or the other. Yeah, and now not only is a cornerback, but he's rising very fast. Um, Phil Parker, as you know, does not often offer like effusive praise about guys. He's very tempered in what he says, but you could tell he really likes Julius Prince, and mm. they love his length. I mean, he's six two, so there you are. There's your uh, tied, you know, tied your t- tallest cornerback. Uh, so they love Definitely, kind yeah. of the, the you know. The, the long limbness of him, but he's also just a really tough. Uh, I mean, he, he, the kid is ready. It looks like he's already ready to play, uh, mm-hmm. and I think he will play this year, and certainly on special teams as well. We saw him out there uh, on those units, so he's yes. uh, he's a very impressive athlete. Looked really good today. Got a lot of run at cornerback. Um, so he's so those guys are three and four, and then Trey Creamer I thought might have been injured or something because we didn't see him. And then all of a sudden he was out there with a, like the third and fourth unit. Yeah, it was interesting. So I wonder if maybe he's sliding a little bit on that jet chart. Which you know happens. I mean, they, you know, you don't. You really don't need a top six or top eight cornerbacks. You, I mean, no, once, I'm once sure you hit top four, team yeah. So he might worthy. be uh, uh, kind of the odd man out there. So safety. Uh, so the, that would, those are the top four corners yep. like, as we see it right now. Yep. Um, you know, I was impressed with Brents too. I, I put yep. him in my ten thoughts column as yes. the most impressive true freshman of the day. Yep, I agree. Um, and uh, the other guys that, that I think we saw at safety were. Uh, well, John Milani was the second safety. Yep. Uh, walk on from Iowa City West. And uh, uh, who's Parker coming West up there, too? though, you think? Well, um, I, I'm wondering about Kayvon Merriweather. Yeah. He's a guy that. Uh, you heard got, some good things about him. He did, yeah. And uh, if Parker, uh, Phil Parker was telling me, I was asking him who's next. Obviously, with Brandon Snyder leaving, they still have three guys they really like, three guys mm-hmm. that they should like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Javas Hooker and Stone are all proven they're all they're all good players uh, and they are, they're going to be their top three for sure so but beyond them and, and milani is clearly the fourth for now yeah yep. and yep. then and then the guys behind them you know are craddiff uh merriweather riley moss uh i know he i know they like him a lot on special teams and we saw him out there on those too but he, he you know there's another true freshman yeah, didn't someone tell you was it was it Phil Parker or Lavar Woods that said Riley Moss would play full time special teams this year? Lavar Woods said Lavar Woods, like, okay. likes him. He, he listed about four guys, and and Moss was one of them that he likes as a special teams player. So, um, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to work into the mix at safety, but they don't need him to. I mean, they, right. you, you don't need. I mean, if anybody plays beyond those top three, I mean, it's probably because it's a blowout or something. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that you need more than more than three. And they do. So the good news is they still have three very good safeties uh, even after Brandon Snyder's departure. Uh, and now they're just trying to develop. Yeah. What what's going to be? You know, obviously, Javas is going to be gone next year. They're going to have to find some replacement there. But uh, I was interested to see that it looked like to me like Merriweather got more reps today than Craddiff of, of the two freshmen. And Craddiff was the one that came in obviously with the more yeah he hype surrounding him. He was a four star. Yeah. But and and whether that means anything or not, it's hard to say. It's one practice. Maybe they just maybe tomorrow it'll be reversed. Yeah. I mean, Ferris did say they had about a dozen or guys. Monday. Yeah. Uh, kind of dinged up, so you'd never. You know, right, we didn't, right. He didn't run down the list. No, <laughs> or, or hand one out. But there were there was no obvious like person missing today. There was no, no, there wasn't a big. Uh, a couple of years ago, the big scare was C.J. Beathard's knee. Remember that? <laughs> with the, with the, that, uh, that? That were some of the best memes I've ever seen. <laughs> the guy that put the peg leg on him <laughs> is a genius. Uh, uh, kickers, punters. Uh, let's start with kickers. Kicker, uh, we know. I'm still very impressed with Miguel Racinos, yep. Yep. Uh, Kirk Ferentz. Uh, very pleased with where that mm-hmm. group as a whole is. Yeah. Says Keith Duncan has been much, much better than he was a year ago as well. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, the way it should work is uh, Racinos should be the guy this year, fifth year yep. senior, on scholarship. Uh, you know, his leg looks great. Made a 50 yarder today with ease. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Duncan redshirted last year, so he's still got two more years after this one. I think he's the front runner for 2019-2020. Right. And I, I say all that to leave the door open to you to talk about the punters, <laughs> um, which uh, is continues to be a tight battle. Uh, yeah, and I don't know what that means, that they're both doing very well or that neither one is doing very well. Um, uh, but I did ask LeVar, well, the first question I asked LeVar was, do you have a punter yet? And he said, yeah, we've got two. <laughs> so, uh, good line, LeVar, thanks. But uh, I saw I take it that means they don't really, I mean he told me it's going to go like to the last week I guess why why would you need to pick a punter you know early in camp I mean you can <laughs> you can wait they both look they both you know look fine to me I mean they're they had today. a good day yeah. according I mean, to Kurt Ferentz but yeah. he also uh, have not always had good days right said that it's been very inconsistent yeah so so that that we'll have to wait on yeah punt yeah. returner we just talked about we talked about that yeah. I think uh, Gronawig there and I would, my guess would be uh, you talked to LeVar about who's the kick returner. You yeah. had like four names, though, he right? He gave me four names, uh, Gronoweg being one of them. Yeah. And then uh, Kelly Martin, Smith Marcet, and Amani Hooker. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. So there's, there's the four they're kind of looking at right now, and, and uh, they'll pick one of those at some point. Well, actually, two, of course. We'll, yeah. we'll go back deep, but uh, probably not a big urgency there. I think those are probably all fine options, honestly. Just yeah. to, you know, thinking about what they are like as players, I'm sure they would all be very capable of returning kicks so so that's kind of your depth chart breakdown guys we're at 50 minutes on the podcast nice. we're, gonna, we're gonna try to top an hour here i think we can do it with easily twitter questions we do yep. um I, I would say i would guess that uh on wednesday's radio show i'm guessing you'll talk a lot more about some of these things maybe mm-hmm. more about the suspensions yeah but uh, i'll give kind of i wrote about the suspensions out of media day I think that had to be the main story, um, you know, not as a negative, but just what's, you know, number mm-hmm. one, is there a culture problem? Number two, what are they going to do mm-hmm. um, with those suspensions? Um, and what are they doing to kind of address to make sure there aren't any more? Because they can't really afford any more no. uh, at this point. Um, and I guess uh, my reaction is uh, Kirk Ferentz and Chris Doyle, kind of to me, the two, you know, uh, you know, directors of the of the program, the mm-hmm. two pillars of the program, I guess you could say, both had very similar themes, as you might expect in their answers. Um, they both see this as, uh, Ferentz even used the word uh, blips, hopefully blips on the yeah. radar yep. of good character guys. Uh, I, I will say uh, Worfs in particular stood out. Worfs and actually Brady Reef, yeah. to me, were the two that stood out when I talked to all four guys suspended. That were very, very remorseful. Now, Reef is not really a good quote to begin with. Right. But on this day, he actually was. Yeah. So that made me think it was coming more from the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, you know, he's going to be watching the first game on TV at home. Yeah. And that, you know, that's got to be hard. This no, is, no these question. guys work, yeah. you know, year round. I mean, mm-hmm. they make a mistake. And they yeah. they all said we deserve the punishment. Yep. So, um, I don't know. I, and, I, and with Tristan Wirfs, he was very, very... Uh, sorry for his teammates, yeah. uh, as he should be. What about the phone call he had to make? Yeah, <laughs> and the toughest phone call was to his mother. Yeah, that was the that was the, the line in your story that just kind of gets you right as a parent, like gets mm-hmm. you right in the heart. It's like, oh man, I can't imagine getting that call or having to make that call. That's a very difficult thing. Yeah, and uh, of course, it sounds like he handled it very well. Yeah, and um, and hopefully that will be it for him in terms of that kind of punishment. But but I think the the bigger concern is it's now two blips. For a large Jackson. Yes. So what do you think that means? I mean, you asked mm. Kirk the question, I mean, is it a three-strike and you're out? or what, Yeah, you he know? did not answer that. So, no. Um, uh, but it, 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 it just can't happen again. I just can't imagine the kid's going to survive if he does something else. Uh, it would either be a longer suspension, suspension yeah. or yeah. Uh, dismissal probably yeah. at that point. Yeah. And he was of the – now, he does not – he is not comfortable in interviews. Yeah. So I'm not going to um, – you know, come down on him for that. No, I just, no. he's just not comfortable um, as being yeah. interviewed, yeah. Uh, especially in larger groups. Right. And so he kind of went back to a lot of the same answers, each very short, quick I'm, answers. I'm sure he prepared. Yep. Yeah. So he he was probably the least uh, open about it. Yeah. And, but I also think he's on the thinnest dice. Oh, uh, I'll, know, absolutely. No this is two so. games in a row now. He's going to miss for suspensions. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's why I think they're getting Kellenberger ready as fast as they can. Yeah. They, uh, just keeping him at left. Get yeah. Get at left tackle. I got gotcha. you. Know. That makes sense. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but what did you think about just the fact that they made those guys all four available to, to, to the media? Because mm-hmm. you, you were wondering if they would yes. in light of the suspensions. Like maybe they would keep those guys kind of off limits until 
later in the season or whatever, but they were all out there, and they, of course, you weren't the only ones talking to them. I mean, everybody went over there to talk to those guys at one time or another to ask about, I'm sure, about the suspensions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, th- I thought that that was an excellent move. Iowa's done a couple good PR moves this I week. Think that, I think you're right. Yeah, so I think that was absolutely the right thing to do. I mean, uh, do you want media day to be about um, – it was going to be about the suspensions anyway, partly. Sure. Yeah. Um, and do you want it to be, okay – you're shielding these guys, and then mm-hmm. it's going to be another story later on when we finally do get to the talk point, to them. They're going to talk, yeah, yeah. So might as well get it all over right now, three weeks yeah. out, eliminate the distractions. Um, the other piece of that story, and, um, and then we can move on to the Twitter questions, but is that I talked to a lot of the senior seniors on the team that are oh, leaders, right. and I actually talked to uh, some of the younger guys that are in the leadership group too. I actually talked to four different guys in the leadership group um, all of them very similar answers, and Ferentz even had the most interesting answer to me just about how, I know it seems weird, but like they feel like this has actually been a positive. Yeah. Um, especially when you lump in the Brandon Snyder stuff, mm-hmm. which was dicey, um, about you know his yeah. um, departure from the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you know, he hadn't quite got right on track, obviously, mm-hmm. Brandon hadn't. And so I think they, they feel pretty good about the response of the leaders of the team. Um, being consistent in their discipline. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, an OWI is one game. Uh, and getting yeah. an Uber is one game. Yeah. Uh, or getting a cop car is one game. And then whatever <laughs> else uh, Jackson and Lattimore did is also one um, game. Yeah. Also, anyway. So, uh, kudos to them. And I think um, it, I don't have the sense that this is a major issue at this point. Now, let's see yeah. if there's more stuff. Sure. But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with not a big deal. Except week one could be a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all that? Do you think that that's fair that this they could make this a positive? Ference, what yeah. I will say, he said this type of stuff can galvanize a team. I've seen mm-hmm. it happen two times before with some of our best teams. Yeah, but he wouldn't. But he didn't say which ones, right? Well, 2002 is one of them. You think so? I mean, yeah. 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 They had a lot of off-season arrests that yeah. year. Yeah. And they kicked Benny Sapp off the team. Sure. Which reminds me of a little bit of Manny Rugamba. Not yeah. didn't kick him off, but. Yeah, there was um, something there. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. yeah that was interesting. Uh, that remember that was a mutual decision. <laughs> Same as Snyder. Yeah, yeah. Rigamba. Right, right, right. But very late in the game. <laughs> wow. No, we'll see. I mean, I think it's up to these kids to to, uh, to respond. I mean, it's that's what we're going to find out. That's a real test of character for for all four of those young men. All right, let's do some Twitter questions. Uh, we will easily cross an hour here. So, uh, but uh, we'll try to answer as quick as we can. Um, let's I'm, I'm going to take my time. <laughs> um, let's, I'm going to start here with uh, at Hawkfan7314. Um, he has two questions, and I like them both. So let's start with this one. Thoughts on KB not being on the camp roster? You oh, have, we're yes. talking about there's your tease from earlier. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Chris, Chris Bryant. Bryant. Uh, no, uh, Kaishan Bryant. Yeah, uh, not among the 110. That's parents keep saying 115, but it's 110. Yeah. Uh, camp roster right. spots, which is to which, me stunning. That is, it really when you've is. You've only got seventy-eight guys on scholarship to begin with, and one of them, you know, some of them are hurt. Right. They they included thirty-four or so other walk-ons ahead of Keyshawn Bryant. Yeah. I mean, what that, do you think of that? I assume that means we will not be seeing him in a, ever on the field in a Hawkeye uniform. I just can't imagine that he's he's got to be way far behind these other guys, and, a, unless there's some injury thing going on. I guess that could be, or an academic issue. But I mean, I don't want to speculate. I guess, but no, clearly he's not in their plans. He's not in their immediate plans. No, and sure. and from what we see today, they don't need him to be. Right. You know, they've got mm-hmm. three guys they like, plus Henry Guile and Samson Evans. So, um, yeah, I just think that to me that I, I would be really surprised if he ever makes an impact here as a as a football player. I can't remember if it was one or two years ago, but uh, I think it might have been two. Um, when uh, Marcel Jolly was not on the yeah. camp roster, same deal. Yeah, um, and he never played. He never played, and he yeah. left school. <laughs> so right. yeah. as far as I can tell, he is uh, not in the program, or not in any program anymore. Sure, sure. Um, uh, Travis Tomlinson, what impressed you guys the most today, and what concerned you guys the most? I'll let you go first. Impressed? Um, I would probably say Mikai Sargent, mm-hmm. um, because that's a guy we'd never seen before. Yeah, uh, in person and and uh, yeah, he, I thought he looked the part, and I think he looked like a guy that could actually. I mean, if they needed him to be the starter, I think he could be the starter. Uh, so I they, agree. They've got three 
maybe three number ones. What concerns you the most? Um, I would say probably that that offensive line. The behind, number two offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That second unit was that was uh, that was just a very poor performance. I don't. There's no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, right. they, they need to be a lot better, and, and they need to be a lot better quick. It's three <laughs> weeks till they play an actual game, and it's, and at least two of those guys in the second unit are going to start. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Uh, that uh, that was probably the biggest concern. Yeah, I would say what impressed me the most uh, would be, I think, the passing game. I just just having seen kids' days in the past being so clunky in the passing mm. game, I, yeah. I thought Stanley was making good decisions. I actually thought Stanley was scrambling really well. Mm-hmm. It, that doesn't surprise me, but it was good to see mm. uh, if you're looking for a good offense this year. Uh, don't want to alarm you here, Mark, but uh, this the, our podcast equipment is is powered by AA batteries, and mm-hmm. we're down to one out of our three bars now, so I might have to speed it along. Okay. Uh, so we don't run out. If, so if this podcast ends abruptly, you know what happened, everyone. Uh, and I blame myself because I should have put new batteries in. Uh, Tony Delaney, I no, didn't notice Tracy with the ones at all. You're correct, Tony. No. Nope. Keeping their gem hidden. <laughs> Is that possible? There, there's a positive spit on that. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, they didn't uh, throw much to the receivers anyway. No, no, I just don't think he's there yet. Yeah. Uh, how did the no, Ed Banfield? How did the long snappers look? Oh, Ed! Yeah, right up Mark's alley. How did he know? Yeah, you knew it, what you're doing. It's a two-man race, according to Lavar Woods, and I think it's going to be Jackson Subert. Okay, but uh, I actually wasn't paying attention. But to that Nate Vavoda is the other one. Yeah, the former tight end. Uh, sounds good. Uh, Tom Hendricks says so hard to get much from these practices, but more or less impressed with Iowa after watching this practice? Question mark. Are you, are you impressed? More impressed? I thought, than you yeah, I thought it was a good practice. I really thought yeah. I thought it was solid by both sides. There was like I didn't think the offense or defense stood out above the other. Mm-hmm. In, like like you often see the defense being far ahead. That wasn't the case today. So I, I thought it was yeah, I thought it was a very good performance overall. And Tom points out uh, bright performances um, from three young defensive linemen: uh, Noah Shannon, Tyler Linderbaum, and Davian Nixon. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Davian Nixon. Yep. Uh, Mark Morehouse guy. asked about yep. asked a question about Nixon late, he's, uh, and uh, he's he, not eligible this year. No, by Iowa uh, standards, but he's a good player. Ferentz seemed to say he, yeah. if he stays on course, he has a bright future, and he yep. said so far he has been. So, right, yep. uh, you guys can all look forward to him uh, at defensive tackle in the future. Uh, Darren says, um, "How are our linebackers looking?" We kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. address that already I would say uh, being we see the Iowa State running back and Wisconsin running yeah. back in the first four games Oof. they will need to progress quickly great yes. point Darren yep. Um, yep. stopping this concern is a run of mine yep. a, a, con- a concern of mine I'm sorry Yeah. so I agree yep. with all that and Northern Iowa's best offensive players are running back too so if, if, if you really want to panic Johnson. <laughs> no not that good <laughs> but yes that I mean that may be part of the reason why the running backs for Iowa look so good today too so yeah I uh, got a couple Seth Benson questions. <laughs> like, where did he come from? <laughs> I think we've addressed uh, that, but yeah, isn't yeah, that interesting? Yeah, yeah suddenly uh, he's the guy. Every every summer, isn't there like one guy that just kind of blows up? Yeah, maybe exactly. this is the summer of Seth Benson. <laughs> All right, let me see if I got any more uh, good ones here. I'm gonna pick a few out. Uh, oh, this is a good question from Scott Trunkhill. I like this one. Are you upping the number of freshmen you expect to play after today's performances? Yes. Okay. Yep. I mean, I, I didn't mean, have a number to begin with. I didn't really, but I mean, like to play significant roles, not like just yeah. to get in and out. I think there, yeah, there's a, there's some really good young players in this team. Let's see if we can uh, quickly tick them off. Who would those be? We know, okay, we know Brents, Brents we know Benson, sure. we know Moss, we know Rigani, right? Those four for sure. L- uh, Linderbaum, I think, is going to be. Linderbaum's uh, five. Yep. Um, I mean, some of those other freshmen are going to play. Uh, you know, I would think Kratz would play. I would think Dylan Doyle would play. I would think Spencer Petrus would play, but yeah. well, maybe those are guys that are four game right, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I think those first five or so yeah. we mentioned would be that's a good list full time guys at this point. But we'll see. Um, I mean, we'll have a great we'll have an item I'm sure uh, after the first game because we'll we always count those. <laughs> um, Dylan Ellsworth uh, <laughs> asked me, "Did today's open practice change both of your eight and four season predictions?" Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no. No, I, in fact, I mean, the suspensions obviously, you know, are a little dicey right now. So, yeah, um, yeah I would probably, if I was going to trend one way or the other, I would probably trend down, but I'll stick with eight and four. I'm going to yeah. stick with that. Yeah. Um, Paul McMorris, what's the top end this team can achieve if this, if the players remain healthy? What do you think? 
What's the best record they could show? Well, I mean, what's the top? What can they accomplish? I mean, I think they could win the Big Ten West. I think they got a shot at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, could I they? Do too. Could they win in Indianapolis? Uh, once you get there, I guess anything can happen. But no, I mean, yeah. this is a team that's going to contend. Yeah, uh, certainly, I agree. I think I, I think it hinges on the offense, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note of the Indianapolis, I did ask for some three. There are a few more questions, but I'm going to make sure we have a nice finish to this podcast before the batteries run out. And you got the Wednesday show while I'm gone next week, Mark, sure, so sure. you can cover any other ground. I did ask for if, if anyone had three-word headlines. Did you? Okay. It's always fun. I didn't. Uh, uh, it was a very, very late request. I've only got a few. Uh, Tony Delaney says, uh, never underestimate Kirk. <laughs> Uh, I, we don't really. I don't, I don't think. I don't think I have. I don't know what that means, actually. But <laughs> uh, I think uh, you know some of his better teams obviously come when they're not expected to be great. Sure. Uh, Brock Yachty says January bull party. <laughs> All right. I asked. I did ask for three sure. word prediction headlines. Okay. That's. All right. uh, I think that's fair. We'll see. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting holiday bowl, so I got December bull party. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah. January would probably be nine and three or better. Yeah. Okay. John McClure throw to Fant. <laughs> they did, they did a couple times. Yeah, they did. What do you have about three catches? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they they will you'll see him a lot I think. Uh, and then Mocha Truck. I'll finish with this one, even though I had a few others. Um, Hawkeyes swarm indie. <laughs> I'd say there's about a fifteen percent chance of getting there. One five. Yeah. That's yeah. probably fair. Yeah, maybe 20. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, September 22nd, whole season on the line. Yeah, kind of is. Get your tickets now. Yeah. North End Zone looked good, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, it's, I think it's going to be fun when fans get in there. I think yeah. it's going to look cool. Especially next year. Next year will be better. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Final thoughts, Mark? Uh, this is one of our better podcasts, don't you think? Easily. We, we covered a lot of ground here. No, I think, uh, I, I can't imagine there's anything we left unsaid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wonder if we could delete some of this. No, Did we but say it, too much? No, it's, it was fine. It's fun. It was good to get this much access two days in a row, and, and we yeah. won't get any again for another week and a half or so. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, it'll just be all speculation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to crank out a few stories before I leave on uh, a week vacation here, but I'll be back uh, the week of the 20th. And so the BTN network will be in That's town. Right. With Chuck Long. Oh, he's going to be on that he told telecast, me, yeah. huh? Yeah, he's going to be here. Okay, so uh, that'll be good. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get some more. We'll get some more tidbits. I think that show oh, always gives. Yep, that yep. show always provides they a get, couple. They get good access unintentionally. Yeah. <laughs> they get better access than we do. Well, yeah, for sure. Dang it! <laughs> but uh, and then we do get to talk to the coordinators usually that week. Yes. Um, and so we'll pro- maybe get some position answers there, possibly. Uh, until then, I think we'll sign off. Yep. Thank you all for uh, supporting our podcast, listening at HawkCentral.com, listening to our radio show on Wednesday nights, and uh, we're going we're gonna to try to do this all season, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, always have fun doing this. Thanks, guys, for your uh, interest, and we will talk to you soon.